Welcome to episode four of the Slab Podcast with uh, Professor Oak and the Green Shiz. Today, we're going to be going through some news, different stuff going on in the hobbies. It's going to be awesome. But of course, we got to start it with my favorite part and my first time winning it is the uh, the getting spicy with it. Um, we picked the top comment that is the most liked every week, uh, pretty much like a hot topic or a spicy topic or whatever. doesn't matter what it is. The most liked comment will get picked. This week, first time it was ever mine. I'm excited. Uh, my comment was Pokemon will be perpetually behind in 2023. I have so much to say about this, but I definitely want to hear what you have to say first, though. If anything. <laughs> you, you would. <laughs> I think the thing for me with this one, hey, everyone, uh, I think the thing for me is we don't know if they can handle printing cards. <laughs> Like, right now, we don't have enough of cards that we need. That's all the experience we have since they bought Millennium. Because you're talking about directly behind them buying Millennium Print Group, right? Yep. And, and all the fandom and the love and everything for the current sets and how special they are and we're trying to get hold of them and then moving into new generation and we're, same thing, we're trying to get these new special cards and a lot of cool, uh, a lot of cool sets and training galleries coming out alternate arts and everything else people are chasing and we're not getting a lot of print like there isn't a lot going on there's stuff we're behind on there's the current set bumping up to 60 bucks for etvs and stuff yeah yeah i can see it i can definitely see it yep. i think my only hesitation is um with is is the fact that we don't know like if they set if they bought Millennium Print Group and then they've they set up new printing facilities, if they hired more staff, if they fired staff, if they've made it smaller, if they still gonna be using the same print companies before plus Millennium Print Group, like there's I have so many questions for PCI right now. Like I I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't I, I don't know what's going on with it. And I think that's why I'm going to follow my gut and say they're probably going to struggle a little bit to like keep full, full sets like on shelves of all the different products. Yeah. Yep. What about you? Yeah. It's, uh, I sticking with what I said. I am like, for sure, almost 100% the word after this entire year. <laughs> um, and let me break it down for you. So I work in manufacturing, we supply parts, automotive industry. When you get behind, the only thing you can do is run more, run more hours, uh, pretty much in the weekends, you run in three shifts, you need to run more part, run more parts to keep up with demand. Um, as it sits right now, it seems we have zero product available booster box wise for previous sets. That means we're behind and we aren't able, they don't have stuff to, to sell to people, to brick and mortars and stuff like that. Maybe it's on the truck heading to these places now to get delivered. We don't know. But as it sits right now, the parts and stuff are not available, the, or the packs. Now, again, we need, in order to do this, you need time. People, let me let me just read this quote from Indeed.com from a, an employee there. He says, <laughs> all you do is pack and look at Pokemon cards all day and all night. The job is easy, just long hours and breaks are extremely short, plenty of OT, but not enough parking space to accommodate the amount of workers. 
So I did a little bit oh. of digging. This place currently runs two shifts, two 12-hour shifts. These employees are being worked like – Hang on. Hang on. Was that is that Millennium Print Group facility specifically? So not talking about working for Pokemon. I'm talking about the exactly. actual – So this is an, yep, an employee at Millennium Print Group, the location in North Carolina where they're making what seems to be only Pokemon cards now from everything I've been reading. Awesome. Um, but but they're running two shifts. So they're working their employees like dogs. That's not a great situation for keeping good employees and being able to have complete full shifts running all the products. And already it seems they're running about seven days a week, two full shifts around the clock. I don't know how you can make something print more if they're already running people like dogs. They're turning over people like crazy because of these insane hours. Good luck getting good employees because all these re reviews on Indeed.com and Google are pretty rough. Um, I suggest maybe you go check them out. But, yeah, it's those reviews don't exist for my company, but these are pretty bad. And looking at the situation, like looking, like this guy said, there's no parking. I looked at the Google Maps. It's a terrible situation what they got going on down there, and it's pretty messed up. So um, people are what are going to drive this thing out of the ground and get us more products and they're not being treated very nicely it seems um this is also what seems to be a former employee but they are working two shifts 12 hours each shift that's a fact what seems to be seven days a week so i don't know how you're going to make more you need another building you need more prints you need, like good luck getting it done this year i don't think we're getting out of it based on all that it's going to be like us, my company, we can, we can run a third shift. We don't run a third shift. So we, we have that capacity. Somebody did some really bad planning at Pokemon, and they're being effed severely. They did not capacity plan like they should have. It's tough, to in this type of market, but damn. Hold you on. Know, I might counter to that on the business side, though, just to play devil's advocate here. If you make... A million cards and you sell a million cards you're a winner right there's nothing left on shelves the ideally when you run a restaurant you're not throwing away any fish at the end of the night yeah right that the, i guess there is that little part of the business side on their end for us bullshit like absolutely sucks but on their end i guess you could draw some positives in that end in terms of like they're manufacturing it to sell in to not holding stock and storing it and trying to yeah, sell it. And that, yeah. it. I think it just pisses off all their customers, like all all their sure. vendors and people. Sure Everybody term. involved yeah. is just getting wrecked. Yeah, um, short-term solution. Yeah, they're they're used to picking up truckloads every month or every week, and now they're doing it just once every three weeks or something like that. It's just a lot less things turning over probably besides the employees and i don't know it's like yeah i you have to have some type of safety stock it seems they're out of that at this point i would think uh, unless they're just saving it for like easter or something like that i couldn't tell you but man it's uh i don't see a way out unless they get another building something needs to happen quick yeah i think you're right i i i, I agree i do agree i, I was playing devil's advocate there i I think no. they need to. They probably need to play the print just enough to keep um, to keep it things that are you can get it if you need to get it, but like there's not 
a million of it everywhere. They need to just be keeping on top of, of demand um, and, and keep people happy. That's a win-win. They're not spending money on overstocking and they're not losing money on it, not selling, that kind of thing. That balance must be difficult when, excuse me, when there's such inconsistency between sets. Yeah. Right, you've got some sets that sell like crazy. Some, I mean, if they reprint it Evolving Skies tomorrow, which I'm guessing they probably will do another reprint, it'd sell out tomorrow. Pro, pro, I mean, it'd be gone this week. If you reprint Battle Stars this week, yeah, it's, it's probably going to sit. So it's like the raw balances you got to do between it. And I'm sure with other sets too, I know Magic, like we've heard Rudy talk, like some sets people don't love. Like it's yeah. the new thing. It's the coolest fresh. But like when you actually drill down what's in it, nothing too exciting. I mean, it's just another set to collect. It's just another set to, to hold a box in or whatever. I don't. I don't think it's just Pokemon that's probably having that trouble with the 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 balancing of planning that. And I tell you, that person you said that after, I, I wouldn't want that job making that call like that. That's going to be real tough trying to figure out what's going on with the with the market and the set, and then demand and printing, and there's a lot of dollars riding on on the line. Yeah, it's it, it's it's interesting. It's a good topic. Yeah, anytime they print something going back, like uh, Evolving Skies or Lost Origin for the first time ever being reprinted, if they do it, um, it's screwing their future uh, sets coming out. So I think they've almost been just printing more of the new stuff coming out. The Zard UPCs, of course, we what seems to be the largest supply of that type of product we've ever seen. Incredible. Um, the crown zenith which obviously is what it is there seems to be quite a bit i think it's still on pokemon center the etbs and they're selling for more on tcg player explain that but yeah it's uh i feel like they're just printing more and more of the future stuff and they're kind of just saying goodbye i don't know to the old stuff and it's not their problem but they also feel bad eventually for the people trying to play the game that needs to buy boxes but don't wait too long, I guess, is probably their message. We'll see We'll see what they do. It's going to be an interesting year, but they're going to be behind for sure. Congrats on winning the uh, the comment competition this week. Yeah, buddy, one, one so, time. So what's your submission for this week? My uh, spicy topic for next week is Scarlet and Violet is going to be a bag set. Stop. <laughs> I kind of want to talk about that now. No. <laughs> oh my god. What about okay. you, man? What, what's uh, what's your going to be your comment for next week that people got to vote on? You got to beat me now. Let's hear it. My, mine may cause a little drama. It's the spiciest <laughs> yet. You don't get a lot of spice out of oak. Um, no. I'm going to say that not. Every Pokemon YouTuber, hang on, let me reword this a little bit to sound kinder. Not every Pokemon YouTuber is in the hobby, but a lot of them are in the market. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's a great transition to this next topic. But before we get into that, Hit the like button. Hit the sub button if you guys are having a good time. We appreciate all the love and support. 
episode four, guys. We're here. We've made it through the first month of January. Crazy, crazy times. But yeah, that was a great transition into our next topic here. So it's been a little bit of controversy. This guy, Opossum Bud, everybody's familiar with. I'm a pretty big fan of his and some of the stuff he's done. Um, yeah, so basically he had made a video uh, basically about a gentleman. I'm just going to say his name, Canto Shark. I, I fully respect what he does. And what he does is Pokemon as his business, 100%. Him and his wife work mm. on that, and that is their business. So he made a post or something about charging for t- his time, whatever that price was. Say it, say it was $50. I think it was $75, but whatever. For talking purposes, it doesn't matter. Say he's charging $50 for uh, advice and stuff in the business. Um, Opossum Bud doesn't think that's very nice. He has a bunch of comments about it. What are your thoughts? Do you think there should be people charging for services inside of the Pokemon market? Is that what do you think warrants that? What are your thoughts kind of on that? Because I and also just a, a little note for P- this gentleman here, Professor Oak has not seen that video, so he's the untainted mind outside of what I just told him, but <laughs> would love to hear your opinions on it. Yet. I haven't seen it yet. I am going to. Um, it is on my watch later. I'm behind. Things have been a little crazy. Uh, yeah, I am going to watch it. I'm excited for it. But from what you just said, it, the first thing I thought of was SM Pratt like two years ago talking about how he offers paid advice to people. Like I I don't think that's a new thing. Like I feel like yeah. people are in the hobby, like really in the hobby. They've been doing that for a little while. And isn't that what like Dan and Jake are doing? Isn't that what like Northwoods is doing? Isn't that what like all these people with like paid discords and Patreons and Rudy and like they're paying to know what's going on and be in conversations and like be a part of, of that to like help with your hobby, collecting, flipping, whatever you need advice on, you could probably get some kind of uh, like like product, like whatever, yeah. like advice, like whatever it is they're chasing, guidance for money. And I feel like that's common in a lot of industries. I don't, I don't feel too worried about that myself, honestly. I, I think what would be a concern is if it's someone that's like not in the hobby, like doesn't know what they're talking about. That's a problem. Collector's but, cash. I think did something like that, like a, a master class. Yeah. I mean, no. just cause it's like something you're interested in and something you want to talk about, like, or you're in the business of selling doesn't mean you're in the business of selling Pokemon cards or you're in the business of buying this or that. Yeah. yeah you, you definitely need to have very specific It's down to the people that like, feel confident in do they know the knowledge enough for me to spend money on it because you obviously need to do a little bit of homework and a little bit of background if you're going to spend money on something yeah just like when you read a review on amazon before you buy something or look at pictures or you know you look at it's why we have five star reviews on hotels and restaurants and stuff it's the exact same thing like you need to be checking into that stuff don't just take things at face value but I think it's brilliant. Like if, if I was rich and I want to buy some like cool Pokemon cards, I didn't really know much about what I was trying to do. I'd ask someone that does know, like, and I'd pay them. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not too worried about it. I'm, 
there may be, maybe I'm naive. Obviously, I'm naive in some other ways. I think we've uh, we've found that out the past year, but I feel like not too worried about it. So, yeah. was was there something in there that was a little spicier than what I'm thinking? Something that stood out? I mean, no, I think the the main argument against it is that a lot of this information is pretty much free inside of the YouTube verse. Um, Google is kind of the argument from uh, Opossum Bud. And pretty much you're able to go find this now through people like us on YouTube that are talking about the new sets, investing, stuff like that. Um, so that is a thing. But I highly, highly respect people going and getting that bread. What If you're doing this as a business and you're going to charge somebody for your time, hell yeah, dude. Go do whatever you need to do. People will pay for it if they think it's necessary. Um, yeah. You're not going to get people just walking in getting scammed, not getting any of their value. Maybe they don't get their value, but they don't know better because they came to you. So in their eyes, they will have value. I don't know. It's, it's a really weird situation, but I think it's awesome. Like if you have people that want to come to you and maybe you're just a content creator that you thoroughly enjoy, they want to spend some more time with you, get to know you, maybe just want to talk your ear a little bit and maybe just bounce a couple things off you. That's really cool. Um, and if I was full-time in this, I would probably do something like that. I don't have time to do that right now or else I probably would. Like I would do as many different avenues as possible to get that bread. Essentially, I'm trying to get money in what I'm doing. And there is a lot of money bouncing around inside of this little uh, thing we got going on called Pokemon, especially modern stuff, which is freaking awesome. So yeah, I uh, I fully respect people going out there and asking for a service or having that available to their followers. It's tough to call them a community at that point. If you're charging, it's more a customer base um, and having just reoccurring customers like people and whatnot. They call them communities. It's more of a customer base. You got reoccurring customers. Um, so it's more of like a YouTube community. I feel like that is more community based when you're not charging people. For things and you have different like your discord for for instance it's an awesome community nobody's everybody's in there hanging out free of charge no prices so link down below in the description go in there what the hell are you doing so i mean just to like build on that a little even further i just can't imagine saying to someone oh my god why did you get an uber you could have walked those four miles Get the fucking Uber. Like, you don't <laughs> yeah. have to do the walk. You don't have to watch all those videos on YouTube and do all the research. If you got money to pay for an Uber, just get the yeah. Uber. Like, yeah. it isn't Short that cut. big of a deal. You're not lazy for doing it. You're not like getting scammed because you could have walked that four miles. Like, come on. Like, yeah, some people want a bicycle. Someone, some people want to get an electric scooter for that five miles. Some people want to drive a Rolls Royce, whatever. Like, just get an Uber. Like, you, you don't have to worry about it. Just throw the money. You, it's going to be gone. You're going to forget about it anyway. The guy's probably not charging $1,000 an hour. Like, it's yeah. not the kind of money that, like, is going to change your life. I, I hope people aren't spending that kind of money on it anyway. Like, it, 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 that that would be a different conversation, obviously. If people are getting scammed and actually spending, like, thousands of dollars on that kind of stuff. Like, there's only so much information you could give someone out of your own head. But... Yeah, like that analogy, I think, just kind of sums up the simplicity of it. Like, it isn't that complicated. Like, someone knows about Pokemon, and you want to yep. pay someone for information about Pokemon. 
done. I like I like Opossum Bud. I think I think it's cool, but I'm very intrigued to watch that video. I'm definitely gonna be watching that tomorrow if I get a lunch break. Heck yeah. No, definitely recommend it. It was good, good stuff. The uh consignments though. So you had you have consigned some cards, and it might not be through a PokeTuber, but you had done it, I believe, just through PWCC. So could you maybe just discuss a little bit, like, your pros and cons with consigning or why you, somebody in your position, would do that rather than the alternative of selling yourself? Yeah. Um, I think for me, consigning, time, there's just time is hard and i think probably most people listening to this recognize that they don't want to sit after work they're working all day they don't want to sit and do more work especially more work in the thing that like brings them joy and like bring the having to sit at the computer and take pictures and click this button and do this and research what price you should do and all this kind of stuff like put it in a box stick an envelope on it and send it to cam and you know zingy like send it there send it to dan send it to nick send it to rustis you know whoever like just let them do with it because they're doing it for work they're not doing it in their free time like you are so don't feel bad about them doing it like they want to do it because they're making money and they like find joy in their day doing that they still get their own time that you know they get to have that fun and, and whatever but i'm sure some weeks are busier than others but um, don't stress about it. I think for me, in personal experience, since P- PWCC was interesting because it's such a slow process and it's not open to everyone. You can't just, yeah. like eBay, I feel, is open to much more people. I'm a little reluctant to send into PWCC again. Um, I had some cards that didn't do that great last time that really should have. And... Um, it's very difficult because you have no control over when they go to auction unless you paid to put them in their storage first. Gotcha. Um, some of their higher valued cards, I think if it's like over 100 bucks or something, you can store it for free. There's some specials or deals or whatever. They do some things where you can get in there and then send to auction when you want. But even when you do that, you still don't control which auction you send them to and the ball's far too in their court. And I think if you send into, um, you know, some of the guys that that were mentioned, the, the aforementioned guys in the eBay uh, consignment space, you kind of know when they're going to do it. Like you yep. can probably just ask them <laughs> like which auction you can just all say, like, can you put them in on this weekend or whatever? You're probably going to get paid out fairly quickly. You're not going to be waiting a while. My PWCC submission from sending out to getting paid was at least, I think it was like eight or nine weeks. I forget. It was like two months. I think I touched on it in one of the other episodes, but it was like, it was like legit two months from putting it in a box to actually getting anything back. That's a long time. If you're trying to sell some stuff, that's not for flipping. That's not a flipper's consignment for sure. If you grade in to try and, great stuff as soon as it comes out and you're paying that little bit extra of PSA to get it back quicker and get nice pictures and stuff and they said it took PWCC and I mean it's taking two months to get listed, get auctioned go through the auction, go through accounting and actually get in your bank account that's rough and I did it the fastest way, there's other ways that you can do it too so 
yeah, it's it, there's definitely variation. The 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 positives, the main positives with sending to eBay consigners, um, you know, uh, ZNG, Jake, TCA, Nick, you know, all, all the. You said Jake, Dan, 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 Dan. I keep associating Dan and Jake here. Dan, Nick, ZNG, Rusty, you know, those kind of guys. Um, with what they're doing, they all have a unique approach. They're all doing something a little different, doing their own thing. They've got their own set of followers. I think it depends on A, the cards that you send them, and B, how fast you want it back, and C, like, whatever. It's just down to your decision, like your discretion, who you like more, I guess. Like, I don't know if there's a big difference in pricing, maybe a few dollars. Unless you're sending a lot of big ticket items, there probably isn't too much difference. But you need to research it. You need to know and feel comfortable and feel good about what it's going to cost you. Probably not going to notice much against eBay other than the fact that you can have a lot of peace of mind and a lot of ease of uh, ease of the process. Like It's not complicated. You put it in a box, you send them an email, and then you send it to them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would recommend it for anyone that's just wanting to sell cars, even if you got one or two special ones. Like, you ain't got to worry about dealing with communication, shipping, payments, that kind of stuff. You just put it in a box and get it to them and let them deal with all of it. I mean, I, I think it's great. Honestly, I feel like I should do it. Like, I feel like I should open it up, but there's too many good people doing it. There's too many rock stars. Like, there's no need. Like you've yeah. got everyone that you'd possibly want to be able to do it is doing it right now. So just use them. Just do it. Yep, 100%. Yeah, my thoughts, I guess, a little bit on PWCC. I've used them like crazy. I've never sold through them, but I've purchased a ton. And yeah. I think that's primarily because they don't have as many eyes as they do like on eBay. So there are some stuff that can kind of slip through the cracks when you're buying. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what always scared me. The pricing seems pretty solid. Um, getting 100% of the hammer price, but you don't get the buyer's premium, which is kind of kind of crappy. So that's like a 20% you're paying at a minimum or at a maximum. I think it goes down from there based on your sale price. Um, but I had just consigned cards with ZNG Emporium. Highly recommend it. Um, I had sent them cards this month, and I got paid five days after I got to sent them the cards. I won't spare you any. No spoilers. spoilers. It's safe. I've got it saved, ready to watch, so I don't want to split it. But yeah, I uh, consigned it, and I got paid within five days after my auction. So that 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 beat you pretty good there. <laughs> but uh, I know Catch Mall Collectibles. He has a buy it now consignment, and he pays stuff out. I believe also the week after. Same with old school Pokemon. He has similar to similar to ZNG Emporium. I think it's more of a hybrid. I think he has buy it nows and does auctions. And then you got Rusty, who I think does primarily auction consignments as well. So there's definitely options out there. Weigh the different costs. Um, I did that. Um, obviously, auctions were the way I wanted to go. The buy it nows were not for me. Some of these, most of these cards I sent were a lot lower value. I'd say average below $100. Um, but they're do the math. Do the breakdown. I did it on my channel. And it's good just to see the numbers, what you think you'll end up paying. And it's uh, they're awesome, awesome resources for people who don't have time, people who are working full time. Like you said, I the last thing I want to come home is take take 400 pictures front and back of each one of my slabs and then do all these listings like. 
it's it's too much. Like if I didn't have the family and I didn't have a bunch of stuff going on, I of course I'd be grinding my balls on this oh, stuff. But hundred percent. Yeah, I'd yeah. be I'd be out there getting as much money as I could doing optimizing I, everything. I'd be listing singles and sleeves and dice. I I mean I'd be like everything. Yeah. If I yep. had the time, I'd be like really maximizing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm yeah slowly building up stuff for a brick and mortar when i'm 60 years old because i'm just amassing all like that stuff like just the crap all this awesome bulk that i have watsy bulk and ex yep. era and diamond and pearl like i'm gonna fill up this brick and mortar in 40 years when i open it's gonna be freaking awesome so um it's gonna more so be my nerd den where customers can come in if they want but i'll just be in there chilling just to get away from the wife basically is the story <laughs> I think there's a few people that have done that. I think yeah. I've seen, I saw a couple of videos of a guy that when he went through some card stores that were like mostly sports cards. Yeah. And um, it was, they were like not professional. It was like literally just a guy with a bunch of his cards and like a load of like binders and slabs on display. And he like didn't want to talk to him or really sell him anything. It was just like, it's like it was his basement. Yeah. Like you were it's saying, like, like it, yep. yeah, like not into like being a salesman or like selling that kind of stuff. I, I thought that was really interesting. So, yeah, it, it's a cool thought. Yeah, thought that's the plan. That's the plan. When I real when I retire the first time, I'll be 50, 60. We'll see. That'll be. I'm looking forward to it. But definitely utilize consignments. Saves you a lot of time. Gets you some money quick. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Yeah, that's cool. I think uh, I think it's kind of an exciting thought for them. What their future holds now that more people really are in the graded card, graded game. I know some of them are touching some stuff, but you know maybe some of these CGC games come back and they want to send it to them. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of potential for the future in in different areas that have stuff graded. Yep. sealed stuff i'm a little nervous on i don't know if i would buy a sealed vintage back uh vintage box off ebay i, I don't yeah. know i mean we've got authenticity guarantee but i still i don't know i don't think they would yeah they don't do it on boxes though it's like i just bought a 650 dollars video game that doesn't get authenticity or guaranteed it's it's in my p.o box I basically got to do the video thing opening it up on video just so I have proof of the the opening. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of feels bad, but we'll see how it goes. I do feel like we're at the smallest um, selection for that, though. I yeah. do feel that they're going to build it out. Have you seen the commercial for it yet? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yep. Not the one with Rusty, like the actual no, yeah. TV commercial. Yeah, I think I've seen the TV one. Yep. I saw it the other day, and I was like, "Oh, these guys are like." This is going to be a big thing. Yeah. Like that was top level promotional uh, advertisement. That was, this is going to be big. Like they're going to loop it. I know they're already doing it for like shoes and like some other collectibles and stuff. Like there is a few other things in there, but this is going to keep getting bigger and broader and like uh, more things under that hood. I kind of like it. Yeah. I I feel good about it, honestly. And I mean, especially for these consigners, it gives them peace of mind knowing that they they have almost a third party to items that are consigning. That's like, hey, you sent me a fake card to like auction, like you don't get paid out, or 
would it like you have something that's like a referee almost for some of it? That's that's got to be a, and you're not paying, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. got to that's got to feel good. So yeah, I, I do think there's a lot of positive to it. Slow it down though. I sold one through authenticity guarantee a couple of weeks ago, and it took like I sent it the same day as um, as one that I sold myself. It was like a dollar underneath the limit or whatever. Yeah. And and it took like five days longer. It did add like five days on. Um, long time. Yeah, I kind of I felt bad for that guy that he waited so long for it, but it's real. Part <laughs> like, of the process now. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Line. Guaranteed. It's yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah definitely. The uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about modern products. I know you did some a little bit of a modern opening here recently, and also had an awesome video challenging your subscribers to make their first video if they didn't. Um, that was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome video. If you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. And please, please do what he asks and make your first video and tag tag Thank him you. in it at least or something. That would be awesome. But how many people do you think reached and actually made their first video on their YouTube channel because of your your video? I think I've seen like four or five so far. And I I thought, which doesn't sound like a lot compared to like how many people are in, you know, yeah. in this uh, sphere i guess you call it but i was like thinking if one person yeah ancient, exactly. ancient mule yeah i will be listening bro like if one person maybe two starts making videos just opening packs talking about what they bought showing mail days um showing about uh things they've sold or their inventory or whatever like that would be really cool the thought of someone doing that there's been a couple of people i don't want to sound like i'm bragging or anything like i'm like happy that it's i'm really happy it's happened and yeah. it's like enough for me to know it's happened but like there's some youtubers that like made some videos because like i told them like yep. i want to subscribe to you like please start making videos i've done it and like that's so cool to like see other people enjoying it and spreading their knowledge and and entertainment and value and stuff. Like, I want to see more of that. I want every single person that's watching this podcast right now to go grab their phone and go make a video tomorrow. Whatever it is, just show a 30-second short of your favorite card even, anything. Just start doing it because as soon as you do it, you realize, oh, that's, that's not that bad. That's not no. that difficult. Yeah. Like, someone click like. I got three likes. Like, trust me, when I say... My goal when I first started making videos a year ago, I just hit the one year mark. My goal was to hit 100 subscribers in, in my first year. I wanted 100 people where I could be part of the hobby in a community. And I remember thinking, like, that is such an amazing dream to like accomplish. Like having 100 people that like yeah. I can talk with and like show things, and they'll, and they'll show me their cards and their boxes and their slabs and everything. I just remember being so excited thought of it. And now I'm here and I'm like, this is like everything I ever wanted. It's amazing. I want everyone else to feel that way. I want yeah. everyone to feel that same joy and excitement. And like, it's just such a good feeling. I, I really want others to feel that. So I, I get off my pedestal now. But it, yeah, I like I, I thought that was really cool. Like the idea of the idea of other people doing that. So that's that's why I pushed for it. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, actually for the first time in my life opened Pokemon cards with my kids this week. No. They're, they're four and a half and two and a half. I've opened Pixar with them, Pixar, uh, white short. Yep. Um, but I've never opened Pokemon. Um, but this week crown Zenith did it and walked downstairs with one of the ETBs didn't record it. Just went down there and sat the box down and they got all excited they knew they know I have Pokemon cards and they know what I do up here sometimes, um, besides my regular job up in the same office. But um, they know I have a bunch of Pokemon. I'll bring like random singles down. But I, uh, it was pretty awesome. Basically, did let them do their first pack battle, five packs a piece, I think, or six packs a piece inside of this uh, Pokemon Center ETB, um, and that was really cool. The set is insane. I feel like the, the card the pulls coming out of Crown Zenith are actually insane and i love the set um i only have i'm not invested into it, i'm not shilling it i have like two etbs and i might buy four more just because i would love to open some more with the kids and fill up their binders but that is pretty cool it's also a terrible investment idea just because i don't want to ever sell those cards though i put uh, their cards in the binder they pulled some freaking sick cards i'm like man that's a guaranteed 10 on that ente but man we're gonna put it in the binder i guess so um yeah, it's it's really cool. I'm enjoying modern Pokemon, which never when I got back into this two years ago, I never thought that was going to really happen outside of like a random card here or there that piques my interest. But being able to open the product and um, just relate and have fun with the kids, seeing them mm-hmm. light up when they open it, it's a it's a rush for sure. So I'm sad that I kind of waited this long, but it's really cool to be able to do it and have all this time ahead of me. It's really cool. And your son won, right? He slapped the shit out of her. <laughs> There's no contest. <laughs> Literally every pack, he got the full arts, everything. She was getting complete dog leap <laughs> until the last pack. I was like, okay, I let her pick. That's when she got the good one. But I almost gave her the shit pack again. And he would have just clobbered her if she didn't get that last good pack. I felt so bad. He's, she was like, why is he getting all the shiny ones? Like all she got was literal reverses and non hollow. Oh, yeah, she, yeah, she, she knew what was going on. She knew she was getting shit on, but it is what it is. But it, it was awesome. It was very my cool. my my first daughter is four and a half, and um, I just asked her the other day with that um, e, that ETBI opened on that live stream. I asked her if she wanted to open it with me in the day, and she and she went, "No, thank you, though, Daddy." I was like, for a polite way of saying "f you," but um, yeah. <laughs> I would have been would have been cute, would have been fun to open. She's zero interest at all. I was like, literally, like, here, have some packs. Let's open. She's like, no, thank you. Though. No, can I have can I, have my, can I have your phone though? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like I want to watch like YouTube, Coco Mo. Yep. I don't know what the kids right world. Yeah. So hey, on that real quick. This is not slabbed related at all. So skip forward 30 seconds if you guys don't want to listen to this. But my daughter was watching a video called Like Nastia, Nastia or something. It's this little Russian girl. Have you seen that one? Oh, yes. Jesus Christ. I I researched like what the thing, like what the show was, like how it started and stuff. This, because this dad that was in it, that girl is making like, 25 million a year. She's yep. the third biggest YouTuber in the world. 
Yeah. And she's she just turned nine this week. They're doing well. Yeah, I just yeah, I randomly look up like top YouTube channels every once in a while. She's like definitely she's under T series, Mr. Beast, and maybe another couple, but she's right up there with I think she just she just turned like yeah. fifth or third or something. It was like it's crazy. right up there. She has yeah. it's yeah. like a hundred billion views or something. Very demasculating for me, knowing like I have like forty five views on my channel, <laughs> and, and she's like flicking like rubber balls at a dad to like try and annoy him and getting a hundred billion views. Absolutely insane, but it definitely shows you like to what I was talking about earlier with like making your first video was like there's real money in it, guys. Like go do it. If you're interested in it, like go for it and go balls to the wall. You don't have to like sit there and wonder. You got to be in it to win it. If an if an eight-year-old, she had, when she was four, the year she was doing videos when she was four years old, she made $18 million as a yeah. four-year-old. You can make $18 million if a four-year-old can. Like, let's just get real. So go do it. Just, just me backing you up with a little bit of data right there. Yep. Yeah, those kids' shows, man. Blippy, Ryan's World. Ryan's World shows Pokemon packs every once in a while in his. Um, so that's, toy, that's why, that's why yeah. we're shooting into the moon right now. It's because Ryan World's pumping Pokemon. Um, it's definitely. Fun. Yeah, plays an effect, that's for sure, because all them views he gets, all the kids want to play Pokemon again. Yeah, but, uh, it's, it's fun. You're watching a kid your age open packs and talk about different artworks and, you know, oh, look at this card. This is shiny. This is cool. Oh, my God, this is a rare one. I mean, it is. It's exciting. Yeah. I can see it. I would have probably enjoyed that stuff when I was little. But I feel I watched – I got to mention it because it's the very Pokemon-related. Ryan's World, hey, had uh, like a, you'd open a mystery ba- bag or a cup or something, and he got a Pokemon pack. He pulled mm-hmm. it out and he's like ready to rip it. And the mom was like, no, 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 set it aside. We'll open it after the video. Like, I feel like they're they're pushing for like a Pokemon sponsorship. Then they would have opened it on video. <laughs> Just they didn't want to shill it too bad. It was it was really weird the way she said it. Like she was like pushing, like, no, no, we're not gonna open that on screen. Like, I'm like, no, we're not gonna do it without them paying us. To exactly. Do it, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and wow. if they did, they, if Pokemon paid them, they'd probably get their money's worth because they're that kid's like right in the prime, right around nine, ten years old or whatever. So, oh my god, can you imagine? No, I'd be that not. could that could really take next generation to a different level if some kid it's gonna like, happen. Yeah, like, eventually they'll. I feel like they're gonna catch on and be like, wow, yeah, we could probably uh, utilize some of these youngsters and because the parents are the ones running the show, right? Like they'll. They'll sign the kids' life away, probably, but yeah. Yeah, they get the nice house in Miami. That family, like last year, like they, they you know, little four year, they moved here when she was four because she was doing so well on YouTube. They're from Russia. They bought a mansion in Miami with a four year old's wage. Like, they'll sell the soul. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's crazy. So, yeah. Anyway, should move on from that craziness. But it's it's cool yeah. knowing like such simple stuff can do so well. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's wild. All right. Well, what else we got? So, 
just kind of wanted to talk about, I don't know if we got into it too much, but like we talked obviously about Pokemon being behind, not catching up, probably could have talked about this sooner, but what do you think could happen? And I didn't really touch on it. Assuming it happens, say we're in June and we have no reprints of Sword and Shield, what the hell is going on in this market? Are prices just absolutely absurd? Like, what are you, what are you doing as a collector? Are you even able to collect? Because like it's insane to think about. Yeah, that's a tough thought to like know for sure. What I do know is the first thing I think we would probably notice is sealed climbing, just because there is so many people collecting sealed and throwing it in their cupboard or you know collecting a case and stuff because they know this stuff like generally has always gone up in value. So um, people keeping sealed and then that's going to trickle into not as much getting opened. So then singles might start going, at least the good singles might start creeping up a little bit, um, which in turn I think would mean less cards are getting graded. I mean, it's all like, like a cyclical, like, there's a pattern flow chart, whatever you want to call it, like leading all the way down, like all the different steps, depending on how far down the rabbit tunnel you are. Um, I think, it, yeah, it, the, initially, I think it's just sealed stuff. ETVs probably jump in. Uh, booster boxes jump in a little bit. I don't know if packs really jump that much. Usually, I know celebrations went up a little bit when they got a little bit harder to, yeah. to, to get it all of, but a bit more demandingly. I think the thing with celebrations is people did want to actually collect binder sets. You know, that, that's one of the ones that I was trying to collect. Um, ended up gifting a lot of the cards out. Despite me having a binder, I was like, oh, you need that one? Okay, I'll send it to you. And I sent like nine of the really expensive ones out to people just because I knew they needed them. And, I, you know, I just thought it was cool sending them out to people. So, yeah, I know, I know people really like those kind of sets because I saw firsthand how many people were chasing celebrations, myself included. So probably that pattern um, in terms of like collecting. I don't know if everyone, I'm, maybe I'm naive with this too. I don't know if everyone's collecting like master sets of like the yeah. main sets right now when there's like 300 cards and reverses and I feel like there's a lot going on. What what's, what are you thinking? What, what do you think like the flow would be in terms of what happens if they do slow down, how much is coming out? Yeah, I think uh, the price is going to go up on booster boxes. Obviously it's been, it's been doing that now sword and shield like stuff like lost origins and, these really recently printed stuff are already like creeping up $130 a box. Um, Lost Origin is. Yeah. Lost Origin is almost $130 a box. Um, so a handful wow. of them are right around there. Chilling Rain, I think, is around $130 now, maybe $120. I don't remember exactly, but pretty much like they're creeping up right, but that's still below their MSRP before they increase the price. So, Right. I don't know if that price 130 is enough for them to say, hey, we need to reprint this because it's not technically even over their MSRP. Um what what was it what was the new one? Was it 164 or something? New ones like 164. I think it was what 145 or one something like that. Yeah. Um so okay. we're not even there yet. 
And if I was Pokemon, if the pack, if the box isn't above MSRP, it's not my problem. Like I'm, I'm not reprinting it. It obviously the market hasn't seen the full value like we had originally priced it at. So that's that would be just me. But um, yeah, I think of course the prices will go up. And when that happens, like when you say we don't catch up and we're sitting in June and we haven't had a reprint of Sword and Shield, the new stuff that hits the shelves is just going to get per- purchased that much faster. Like. I feel like it's just going to get picked off the shelves. Like we're going to be seeing a point where the shelves could be empty again very soon. Like people are like running out of stuff to rip and the Zard UPC is still available in some locations. So might as well go pick that up. You're going to get 16 packs out of it. Pretty good value still. Um, I'd say for sure, especially at a hundred dollars, $90, whatever you can find it at. I don't know if that's gone up, but it seems to be readily available. And I feel like, as the further and further we get into this year without reprints of older stuff, it's going to get scary again. And I don't want to see empty Walmart shelves or target shelves or limit one or limit two purchases at these places. Again, that would suck. I know some places still have them, but it would not feel great. (laughs) That's for sure. Do you think a company would have a great cards and sell graded cards? Like, I don't mean a company like Joe Schmo's card shop around the corner, but I mean like Target. Can you imagine if Target ever started selling graded cards? Yeah, I couldn't picture it, but it, I don't know. It'd have to be some more like Hobby Lobby or I was thinking like some gen, something that's more relatable to that. Mm category like you'd almost have to have like a kiosk like a trading card kiosk and maybe yeah have a, like a little miniature brick and mortar inside of the target at the card kiosk area probably do pretty well actually like thinking about it because you got all those dads they walk in with their wives they all beeline straight for that area all the wives go to the, the clothes area we're checking out the packs you probably do pretty good there's yeah there's, there's kind of like no barrier there for grading, I guess yeah. is what I'm thinking. Like, in reality, Walmart could crack open 5,000 boxes from their distributors, grade every card, you know, instead of selling them on the shelf because they just suddenly think, like, I really don't think this is a reality, but I'm just like, yeah, they could, I guess. Like, and that kind of stuff is concerning. Like, I'm trying to relate it back to what you're saying with like, what if they stop printing and they can't, or they can't quite catch up because they're not printing enough, that kind of thing. Like, what if some company decides to do something wacky because they know there isn't that much being printed because they know there's a lot of demand? What if they like start keeping it or if they start grading it or if they start like just holding it back? Maybe they'll try and sell it in a year when it's yeah. definitely not on the shelves. They're going to sell it in a week. If word gets wind, and say right now, if like Lost Thunder went on sale on Walmart shelves tomorrow, it'd be gone tomorrow. Yeah. It'd be on Twitter, it'd be on Discord, it'd be on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Everyone would be running to Walmart to get an ETB of Lost Thunder. Great sales tactic. Maybe if they put it out when it came out, it would have took two months to sell it. Yeah. Maybe it's just a case of like, and maybe now they can sell it for 50 instead of 40. I don't know. Just I just think it's interesting the thought of like 
not just the Pokemon company doing stuff or not doing stuff if they're behind and can't catch up, but like what that could mean for the people, distributors and the sellers actually getting it to people. Like they could manipulate things a little bit easily. I mean, they're buying the product, you know? Yeah. They they own it at that point, I think, right? I mean, I think Walmart specifically as a distributor that like owns that shelving area and they maintain it clean and stuff, but I'm sure they have some control over some of it in some fashion i don't know yeah and recently here in like uh mason cardinal gaming talk like he's already ripping pin boxes because he needs packs inside of his display to sell like that stuff's just going to get eaten up quicker and quicker and quicker as we don't get more and more booster boxes like that stuff's just going to get ripped apart and just cannibalized into these packs and stuff and Squeak's Game World, he's doing something unique where he seems to trickle out booster boxes every week or something. So he has, it seems like his shop just has a bigger supply. He had mentioned in one of his live streams or something where he kind of trickles out his booster boxes instead of just doing a full dump one at one shot. He has people that can come to his shop four months after release and see a booster box still available because he just relist, relisted it available. So that was pretty cool. Um hmm. So there's all these different tactics that I think are good that maybe Walmart and Target probably should be doing some version of those. Um, maybe like Squeaks, Squeaks is doing um, would be pretty cool. The uh, Another thing I think is a huge impact to all this stuff is Rudy Alpha Investments. Just how many videos can you make about these booster boxes having 400,000 subscribers and these being an investment? How many Magic the Gathering people are other people have gotten into it just seeing his gains and wanting yeah. to just bite on like how many of those people do you think even if it was a hundred or even a, like a thousand would be a huge number a thousand people be like yeah i'm gonna buy 50 booster boxes let's go like that's a shit ton um it'll add up quick and i don't know it's like the gary v effect that was a little bit more massive and was pretty huge when it happened but i think all this stuff for just going to compound and make it worse and worse. And it's going to be a crazy year. So, you know, what I do love though, is it's like, I don't know, maybe it's bad for Mason, but I love the idea of Mason being so busy and selling so many packs that he has to rip a pin box to get a pack to sell. Like I love that for him completely unaware obviously i'm ignorant to how his chop runs and all the ins and outs but like for me that's like he's obviously crushing it like that sounds really cool the fact that yeah. he has an issue with have he can't keep products on the shelf i want a business where i can't keep products on the shelf like that is fantastic to think of that i have people that have small businesses that sit in a shop or sit on the online store waiting for an email. They wait for the door to ding, 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 like all day. And for, for him to be at the point where he's got to rip all the products to sell the product within it, I think that's pretty yeah. cool. So hopefully it's a good thing for him. It's just annoying that he can't just get the stuff that he wants. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting topic. Yeah. For yeah. sure. How about getting soon some news, talking about some of the hot stuff going on in the hobby in this Ooh. month and maybe a little bit before this month. But, yeah, so I'm going to kick it off this this week. Uh, CDC trading cards, of course, everybody's probably covered it, but 
we don't give a shit because here we are on Tuesday making a podcast for you guys. <laughs> uh, just a reminder, we're here every Tuesday at noon Eastern Standard Time with a brand new video. So we're going to keep on it. But the news, the metal trading cards are being graded again by CGC Trading Cards. For me, it's cool. I'm glad somebody's doing it. I don't really give a crap one way or the other. Um, people are saying it probably cost a crap ton to do the development. What took so long? Why did it take a year? I don't really care, but they're doing it. At least somebody's doing it. PSA is not doing it. Of course, CGC is the trading card grading company. PSA is a professional sports authenticator, so they probably care a little bit less. Um, I don't know. I think it's cool. Give those people who want to collect those things an out. I know Rusty's going to utilize it. I think it's pretty awesome. And I know they're they grade, they're going to grade the Arceus metal card, obviously the Pikachu, the Charizard. I think they're doing precious metal gem Marvel cards already, so I don't know what the huge difference is there. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, I think it's good things for the hobby, just more things for people to another play. It's just another play for people, which is cool. I think it's a customer service thing, honestly, more than an actual need. Yeah. I, I think it's for, – for me, it's – I think of uh, my brother – he owned a, uh, he's owned quite a few like nice, like sports cars garages. Like he sells like you know fancy cars or whatever, and he fixes them. And he always did the oil changes at like thirty bucks or whatever. You don't make any money doing an oil change. You do it because you want to get them in there to buy new tires, and yeah. it's just one little thing you do it just to say thank you. It's just like a little part of like customer yep. service almost. Just feels a little bit like that. They're not really making money. It's nothing too yeah. crazy. But if someone's willing to send one in or two in or three in, maybe 10, 20, 40%, I don't know the data, but maybe some of them are willing to send some of the collection in or some a couple of other cards that they pulled recently that are really nice and they want to try and sell. Hopefully they'll get a 10 or a 9.5 or whatever. I think it's a little case of that. like, And that's where they're going to make the money is just the regular flip and dip and grade and stuff. So um, that's that's how I view it. I yeah. love the idea of having having those cards. I think they're really cool. I think they are pretty unique. I like that they didn't get printed as crazy as, excuse me, as the current UPCs. Because there's a, you touched on it already, but there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of them out there. Um, so there's not, it's hard to like have the same feeling about it. But uh, yeah, the, those older ones with the with the metal cards, pretty cool. Um. I also noted CGC recently graded a uh, male Nidoran card. It's a square cut, and uh, it's not only a base set square cut Nidoran, uh, but it has a magic back. I know you guys have probably seen in the news the past year or two, a couple of other cards like that, uh, where they've been printing. It's Wizards of Coast. Obviously, they're printing at the same time. They're testing. They're just playing around with sheets and like making it work stuff on there make sure the printers are working the aligners the cutters all that kind of stuff that card sold for fifteen thousand six hundred dollars in a cgc slab um what was the grade uh, yeah i did note it hang on let me pull it back up um it uh, had it was a 7.5 with nine centering they're a pretty good center in um, eight surface, 
seven and a half corners and seven and a half edges. It, they they kept it at seven point five, and they designated it as an error, a Pokemon card with an error because of the back and being square court. Obviously, that we'll probably consider it as an error with CGC, but a seven point five. I don't think the grade matters even. I mean, for that kind of card, yeah. like it's just what it you know. It's just like so unique and so it's cool. Like a jewel, yeah, it's a prize card. I mean, crazy. So you're paying fifteen thousand dollars for something no one else will ever have. I mean, there's likely not a single other one, and there was in the world. It's probably only one. It's pretty cool. So I just yeah. wanted to highlight that. I thought that was cool. I saw through through golden golden auctions. Um, yeah. That's crazy. It's creeping up. That card is like the same price as first edition of Legend of Blue Eyes booster boxes, um, which is the base set of Yu-Gi-Oh! for English, and it's insane. Wow. Uh, the PSA 9 first edition Charizard is probably somewhere, depending on what how old the cert is, somewhere between fifteen dollars and $23,000. So it's flirting with some big numbers, so that's pretty cool. I'm serious. Sure. Sure, there's a handful, maybe a whole other portion of the sheet that's out there, and I'd be curious if it was a bunch of more Nidorans or if it was more of that set. Mm. That would be pretty cool to see more stuff come up. Yeah, that is interesting because I have seen sheets where they have five or six of the same card, and I've seen some where it's completely random. Like there's yeah. a, there's like all different cards. So that is a good thought. I, I would like to know I'm guessing it was a sheet we don't even know if it came from a sheet yeah for it sure I mean would, cut, you would think but yeah you would you we're assuming though we don't was this like a hand cut and that's why the center is so good maybe it's a hand cut like test they're playing yeah. with the paper and just like before it even gets to the sheet maybe it's a sheet and it was 50 neutrons like yeah, we don't know. There's no provenance, whatever you call it. Like, there's there's no background on it. I think that's part of why it's fun. Yeah. I like I kind of like that uh, mysteriousness with it. Uh, yeah. Do you want to touch on PSA? Yeah, in a second. There's something else. A little bit. I was thinking about the yeah. Pro Retro X on Instagram. Uh, Kenito, those gentlemen. I believe it was both of those guys who recently purchased the. Uh, the prototype is a prototype card that was originally the, some of the pictures released like last year for the first time, but it was Blastoise. pull some info up on it. I don't know if you did you see anything on that, but it was the Blastoise. No, it was not a Protostoise. It was like one of the original. I'll I'll, sh I'll send you a picture. Um, okay. You might not have even seen the guy's original Instagram post, but he has like a binder full of prototype Pokemon cards. That it's kind of binder full. Yeah, exactly. Not the guy that I said purchased it, but the guy that might have sold them one has a what? binder full. Yeah, and it's okay. It gives you yeah. like beta chancy vibes. It's it's pretty cool. This whole binder full of this stuff. Yeah, that. I mean, if they're gonna start creeping out, if he starts selling them one at a time, that's gonna cause some uh, hype. There's gonna be a lot yeah. of uh, chase yeah. around some of those cars. I'm sure, regardless yeah. of grade. Yeah. Yeah, see if I can if it'll be linked down below with a, like a little highlight for people who can go check that actual post if I can find it. So That'd really cool. cool prototype Pokemon cards. Um, but yeah, so PSA dropped some big news. 
I think they dropped it on the 19th, but the actual news te- technically takes effect December 15th. So packs, tickets, cards are all going to be getting pictures inside of the PSA website. I'm excited. I submitted 554 cards after that. So that's going to be cool having all of those cards come back with pictures. That is about time they're getting up with the, the 21st century. I'm excited. I'm happy that I'll have H. I wonder how it would be cool to have be able to like get a dump file of all these pictures. I know Catch Mall Collectibles has said that before, but it would make listing things so much easier. You don't have mm-hmm. to wait for the cards to arrive for you to start listing. Um, but that is awesome, awesome stuff that they're finally catching up with those times and looking forward to that. You, uh, you got any submissions that are going to be falling under that the new pictures or no? I don't. I do, I do have some cards. I just, time's not been on my side to get prepped, ready for it. But but on that, I think they're doing it because they're trying to make um, that combined into selling. Because when I had my last, um, that big submission I did, they kept trying to push me to put it into their vault, right? Yep, the golden vault. In the vault, and it's already got the pictures ready, whatever the you know, whatever the sub-level that you do, pretty easy to click a button and they just, they already have the name, they have the grade, they have exact, they have all the info because they're the freaking graders. They know exactly what it is. And they have the picture. I mean, you're set for success. Like that, that's got to be where they're going with that. That was my first thought. I don't know if that's a thing or not. I I don't know. I I think that's going to make it a lot easier and i think they're going to integrate that with the registry so when you buy it you can click the button and boom it goes straight to your registry whether it's in your hands or in your vault you got the pictures there you got the value you got what you paid you got what you sold it for whatever i think it's all going to be i think they're all stepping towards transparency between all the different sectors that they're holding right now which a lot of people want i think it's a good thing yeah could you see cgc ever purchasing PWCC or a vault type company to compete? It feels just like the thing that they do now, doesn't it? It feels like so normal, but because uh, PSA has been generally the company acquiring, they did WADA, then they got Card Ladder, and then they got uh, mm-hmm. Golden. So the, that collector group is doing all of that, but CDC is basically making their own companies, but. Obviously, that is not in their wheelhouse, I don't think, doing something like that. So maybe that could be their first acquisition. Um, that would be pretty interesting. I think we're going to ask why. Like, why would they do that? Um, I th- think it's more just the same thing as PSA. It's just more opportunities to get money in their pocket so they could streamline things. So uh, right now already, you could send cards to PWCC, which I think you did, right? You send raw cards to PWCC. They actually get them graded graded for you, and then they go back to PWCC to get sold. So basically that would cut out one of the the middlemen. So basically we'd send our cards to CGC, and then the card would go straight to PWCC, and it's done. Um, Hmm. Could be interesting. But I guess you could – kind of do that now if you put your return address as your PWCC address. Um, so then it would go straight into your vault 
after grading, but could yeah, be. if if there's nothing in there that you want, yeah, you know, yeah. that's that's the tricky thing with it, which would be interesting if they did start integrating the grading into the voting because could you select which things to go vote with? Because like PSA didn't give me the option. They're like, do you want this submission to go to your vault or do you want it to come yeah. home? That was it. It wasn't because there was some stuff that, hey, maybe I would have sent 10 or 20 cards there just to try it and play around with it. They lost out on 20 auctions because of that. Yeah. They just didn't offer the option. Like it can't be that difficult to orchestrate that, but it probably is at the beginning when you're trying to figure the whole thing out. So yeah, I don't know. I think the changes we've seen in the past two years with grading, vaulting, auctioning, consigning, all these different like things that are happening, it's been pretty exponential. I thought we were pretty close to the asymptote, right? And it's still going up. We were still getting further and further towards the axis. So I, I, I wouldn't put it past them if CDC yeah. wanted to buy a uh, one of that. I, I think I see them more doing something like whatnot and sliding in coins and games and sports yeah. cars and other little fingertips they've got doing other stuff. I, I feel like something that's a bit more like lively than yeah. an auction house that other people are doing. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like they're doing – yeah, I feel like they have their foot in every door pretty good. eBay, um, Heritage Auctions, like you said, whatnot. Mm-hmm. I know they're definitely doing stuff on whatnot with the games and stuff. So they're doing a lot of good things, that's for sure. That company modern, modern too. They're modern, right? They're yep. current. They, they seem a little more like what do people want right now? What do we need to do? Where do we need to be? And I mean, when – PSA was shut down. They were like, send them. Give, give us everything. We're going to hire a million people. We're going to make it happen. Just send them. Come on, let's go. And they played around with prices. They played around with like times and stuff to try. They did whatever they could to try and get stuff in the door. No one else was doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing I want to mention is I submitted uh, my 500 and whatever 50 card submission. I need to break it up into two. It was like a 50 and a 500. But basically, it took less than a month. Less than a month with the with the New Year holiday, because I sent it on like the 27th of December, less than a month to get a $15 bulk submission back. It'll be here on Wednesday, the 50 card one. A 500 card one's probably, it's in QA1. It'll If it turns as fast as the other one, it'll be here in less than two weeks. So keep doing what you're doing. I'm loving it. It's awesome. You want to take us into the last little bit of news here or? Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, just a small one. The mini binders, the mini portfolio binders. I don't know if you can, you probably can't see it on my shelf just there. I got a <laughs> few that I keep, I keep um, illust- uh, illustrators in, not PG illustrators, literally <laughs> like the illustrators of the cards. I keep, um, I keep their artwork collections in each of them because it's smaller. I can just about squeeze some in. Um, they essentially the mini binders they are now um, not going to be specific to sets so it's going to be down to the generation instead oh, so wow. the, the, the Scarlet and Violet mini portfolio binders are going to be Scarlet and Violet mini portfolio binders throughout Scarlet and Violet 
but they're going to add different packs in. They're not going to do anything before Scarlet and Violet in it. They're not going to do any older packs. It's just going to be for that generation, but it's not going to be specific to the artwork, to the set, like we've had before, where there's like a little bit more unique and each set releases have it. Might be part of the Millennium Print Group thing of them. I'm not sure if Millennium actually makes them, but part of them wanting to focus on getting cards printed. <laughs> like I'm sure it's probably printed. It's probably not something that's a bajillion sales. They're not, they're not doing a, a whole lot of volume there, but it is some of it. Like a lot of people do like it because you get a pack inside and you get a little binder to keep a few cards in, you know, the little sleeves inside and stuff. So, yeah, I just want to put that out there uh, for anyone. If, if you do pick one up, just know you don't know what pack's going to be in it unless you can move it around and see, I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you wanted to do that closing one. No, so we'll drop into that in a second. What do you got going on? Anything going on with the channel this week before we hop into the uh, wrap this thing up? What's going on for you? I may or may not be doing a live stream Friday night. Someone invited me on to do a little bit of a fun one. Um, I don't know if you remember, I did a few with Retro and DNA. Um, we may be doing a little live stream Friday night together. So watch out for that. Hopefully we can make it happen. Put the pressure on if you t talk to either of those guys. Um, I think that'd be cool to make that happen. Um, other than that, nothing too crazy. I did get a box today from Derek Lavender. So I'm excited to open that um, and show what's in there. He sent me a little gift. Haven't had a whole lot of mail days lately because I haven't bought too much. Everything's Not a lot of time. A little crazy um, at home. So, yeah, with the baby and everything, uh, looking to start getting back into buying some more stuff, doing some more mail days, a few more openings, creeping, creeping back into it. Last week, I've pushed myself, managed to get a bit of time and get some of that done. That was a really fun live stream last week. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. So fun that I gave everything away. I was like, you get a card, you get a card. Yeah, it was a, it was definitely an Oprah moment that someone called me. They called me Okra. I think there it was instead of Oprah. Oprah, Oprah. I love giving away. It's fun. So I've got a pile of stuff. I just sent out some stuff to Mason and Peak. They both delivered today, I think, today or tomorrow. They get delivered Peak that year and Mason. So I'm excited to see what, see what they say when they open their boxes. If you're listening, I'm excited to hear um, your response on that. I sent them something from both something from England which isn't um, super common because normally I stash my English stuff. But, uh, yeah, what about you? I'm, I'm interested in what's going on in, in the uh, the world of green shoes this week. I'm pissed off I ain't getting nothing from England. That's what's going on, though. <laughs> who said? Who said you know? I, my name's not Mason or Pete. That's all I know. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. I don't, I don't need anything. But, uh. Yeah, so I purchased one of my favorite video games of all time. I will definitely be doing a reveal on that video. Um, it's in my P.O. box now. Um, can't wait to have it, and I'm going to get it graded because I bought it raw. So hopefully it's not completely wrecked. And that will be going to CDC. Sealed. Go ahead. Sealed. Sealed PlayStation okay. 2. Yep, and it's it's a banger. It's one of my favorite games of all time. So. Yes, yeah, it's a everybody will know it. Everybody will know the game. So I'm looking forward to that. Also completed uh one of my Yu-Gi-Oh collections, pretty much the entire 
TP. There's a tournament pack set, or uh, there's like eight different tournament packs for Yu-Gi-Oh. Got it all completed in PSA nine, all the ultra rares, which is wow, freaking awesome. So vintage Yu-Gi-Oh Oof. hooked me up with the final trade. He's basically like the gem mint Pokemon of Yu-Gi-Oh. He's got just yeah, yeah. He's yeah, they're basically the one and the same, but different card game. So um, he hooked me is, up with this card. Is he appearing on your channel yet? Not yet. No, I haven't asked him yet, but it's it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You got leverage right there. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's gonna happen. I uh, but yeah, that's awesome. And then uh, PSA return this week, which will be good. Hoping I didn't get completely wrecked. We'll see. So, are you gonna peak at the grades? Man, I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be so good oh, at, at waiting, but. I already looked at the first because it's the first 50 card sub that's already coming back. I'll have it Wednesday. I already looked at them. So hopefully I know if I got wrecked or not. So we'll see how we'll see how that happens. But yeah, man. Gotta do it. It's it it is fun. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. It sounds like you got a couple of couple of uh heaters or whatever you call it. There's a couple of yeah. uh fun ones to 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 get in tune with. I don't know if they're too crazy right now, so I'm excited. We were uh, a month countdown from Clayton ish. Um, yeah, staying, staying on your sofa, I think we said. Yeah, Saturday night, <laughs> this, right? This is gonna be fun. Uh, yeah, we got we got invited to a, a private event Saturday night. I don't know if you saw any messages about that yet. So that, that's interesting. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Oh countdown. yeah, definitely looking forward to that. And also, everybody. Link down below in the description. We'll talk about it now is the Discord, Professor Oak's Discord. Got to be there. If you're not there, it's amazing. So you got, I don't even know how many people now, probably 200, a little over 200 people. Um, absolutely free to get in. Go join it. You got people just posting collection pictures, just talking hobby. People That's will post cool. their YouTube videos. We're not, nobody's spamming and at everyone. It's really nice. Um, what's What are your, some of your favorite aspects about it? so many man i tell you that it's like i don't even need to be in it and i enjoy the conversations like i'm i watch everything i read all of it i think it's so fun and uh i think for me it's you kind of touched on the root of the culture there people aren't like spamming and acting everyone and like it's just like people just want to be in there and talk about what they're doing and ask questions and yeah feels like we're in like a card shop like talking with each other about stuff or like we're all at home opening packs together like joking around and talking about stuff and we've got like a bit of a vibe of just enjoying it i appreciate every single one that's in there there's not a single person you know i haven't had to ban a single person yet not one i mean that's crazy like not that not that i'm searching for it I'm not, i don't want that obviously but like that just sums up there's just so many good people in this hobby and to like have random people on the internet join into a chat room you imagine a chat room 20 years ago like how toxic right. that shit would have been we're in a literally in like a live internet chat room like AOL back in the day yeah. and everyone's super nice and fun and honest and transparent and candid like they're not scared to like talk with each other or like adults. It's really cool seeing that. I get to see yeah. people's collections, what people are buying, what people are making videos about. 
what people are laughing at, what people think is good, weird, bad, ugly, funny, like everything is fun. It's really fun. So for all of you watching that are in it, fucking love you guys. You like make my day every day. Whenever I let my dogs out on the backyard to go party, whenever I get a lunch break in the evening, when I get a minute free, like when I get a minute and I, and I take a look on that discord and I see you guys having fun, makes my day every single day it's awesome um I, i'm gracious that i'm the facilitator of creating it but it's your guys's discord honestly like you i'm just there for the ride i'm just enjoying it so oh, yeah. thanks thanks for asking i think you're the first person that's like actually asked about it yeah i actually want to know about it so i think that's good to like talk about my feelings on it because i don't think i've ever actually approached that conversation before nice hell yeah man it's uh like I said, I've been in there since the uh, the inception, so it's uh it's been a oh, wild ride, and looking forward to the years to come. Getting to know all these people inside of there has been awesome. So, I think you were a Professor Oak, right? There's yeah. like there's like lab coat names or something. I forget. I, I tried to set it up. I couldn't figure it out. But you were like an admin. <laughs> respect, respect. But all right, man. Let's send it, send it out here, but I appreciate, again, appreciate everybody's love and support. As always, it's been awesome. Thoroughly enjoy talking to you every week. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Hit the like button, hit the sub button. Of course, post your spicy comment down below so we can like it and get it voted into the next video. So with our first topic, you guys have a good one. See you guys. Take it steady. <laughs> All right, bye. Peace.